0: We're honored tonight to bring our speaker to this platform. Long before we knew that there was going to be uh, limitations put on our ability to gather tonight, I had asked our student pastor, Brother Brandon Newcomer, to preach and uh, to talk to us tonight, and he so graciously agreed to do so. And uh, I gave him a route out because I knew this would not be a full assembly and a packed house and lot of response, and uh, I gave him a route out, and he said, Pastor, the size of the crowd is not going to bother me, and so I'm thankful for that great attitude and great spirit. Those of you that are here tonight, would you welcome Pastor Brandon Newcomer as he comes to minister and talk to us from his heart tonight. We love you.
1: Amen. Can we give that to the Lord tonight? We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, It really is me that feels honored. I'm honored to be in this place. I'm honored to still have a place to worship, and even if I was at home, I thank God that I have an internet to worship to. Amen? At least good things on the internet to worship to. I'm so honored by my pastor, my pastor's wife, our pastoral team. We have the greatest at Christian Life Church. And if those of you that are watching haven't had a chance to come visit us, you need to make a time and just come say hi. You won't be disappointed. We have a great pastor. I also want to give honor to my wife. My babies, they put up with me. I go hide in rooms, and she takes care of three little little kids that run around everywhere and fight and snot all over each other. And we just have a good time. But I thank God for my wife, and I thank God for the leadership. Galatians chapter 5, I won't. Uh, I won't delay tonight. I feel that the Lord has given me a word, and I I am honored that I still have an opportunity to bring it forth to you tonight. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 26, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. I feel the Lord has been speaking to me tonight, so no matter where you are, I wonder if we could just close our eyes and maybe just spend a moment thanking God and asking Him to have His way tonight, even in my voice. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. God, I do thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. You've given me a voice to speak with God. You've given us truth. Lord, you've given us understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would touch us. Lord, have your way in in what you've given me to say. God, help us to grow our fruits tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I had trouble coming up with the title tonight because I just knew what I wanted to say and didn't know what to label it to say it. But if I was to put a title on it, it would simply be The Fruits of the Spirit. In doing our part to be the church, I think it's most important to know how to be the church. So many times we feel that church is a building and that we only can have church at church and that we can only be the church at church. But truthfully, we have to be the church everywhere. No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, we have to be the church. Our church has had some prophecy and some things spoken to us. We've been told that there will be many, many people and and lives from our own community that come and flood our house and want to be a part of the church. And whether they come in droves or whether it trickles in, I know that I have to be ready to give them Jesus. And I have to know that in giving them Jesus, I have to give them a little bit of Jesus through me. That's how I become the church. He called me to be fruit. So tonight I want to just spend a little bit of time going through the fruit of the Spirit. I want to explain them, and then I want to just spend a few moments if I have time. I limit myself. And if I, I, I get to the end and I have time, I want to show us in, in as few words as possible how to live as the church, how to tell our friends, our family, our neighbors, our co-workers to where they're not surprised when all of a sudden they find out you're part of the church. And so I want to start with joy. I'm sorry, with love. Love, he called me to be love. The first fruit, when I looked it up, it's very specific. The word that they use is agape. Agape love is a God love. Agape love does not mean a father to a son or a son to a, a brother or even a husband to a wife, but it is an unconditional love. That means when someone smacks you, you gotta love them. When somebody doesn't like you and they're despitefully using you, you've got to love them. Love is the first fruit. It's often the hardest fruit, but it is always mentioned first. Love is the first fruit. That's not one of the hard ones to understand. Joy Likewise, is maybe a little bit harder, but if I could explain joy tonight, joy is not happiness. Joy starts on the inside and works its way out. Joy is never an emotion, but it's a sense of being. In today's world, no matter what the weather's like, no matter what the current events say, no matter what my money and my bank says, I have to be joy from the inside out. It's to have gladness. A cheerful delight. It's not happiness. It's a state of being. It's a consistence that uh, grows from my inside of my, in my innermost being. Joy is a fruit that I have to grow. The third one mentioned was peace. Peace is a place or a mindset of stillness, of quietness, and of rest. If I am to be the fruit of the spirit and I'm to be the church, I have to show peace. I can't be so erratic and so untrusting of what the future holds according to what my God says. I have to be full of peace. I can't live a life full of disarray. The opposite of order is chaos. And in a world of chaos, we struggle to find the order because in order comes peace. But when I trust him with my order, then I can have peace. Then I can have rest, stillness, and quietness. Long-suffering is one I've been told to never pray for. (laughs) I was always told, you never pray for patience. You pray that God would help you to be patient. But you don't pray for patience. God will let you be patient. (laughs) He'll teach you to wait on his patience. But long-suffering is having patience. It's usually, and it's more described of having patience during troubles that usually are caused by someone else. Long-suffering isn't something you caused. But it's a fruit you have to show. You have to be willing to be long-suffering. You have to be willing to have patience. Gentleness. Gentleness is a moral integrity. It's kindness. It's honesty. When we see the word gentleman, it comes from gentleness. And when you think of a gentleman in our world, you think of somebody that will be kind Somebody with integrity, somebody with character, they're a gentleman. When I'm in youth ministry. When I talk about being a gentleman, I'm talking about a guy that might take a young lady on a date or whatever the case might be, glory. And I find myself saying, be a gentleman. You open the door and you have integrity. You don't do things that that aren't full of integrity. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. Goodness likewise is also, I always used to get those confused, but goodness is mercy. That's why in some scriptures when it talks about goodness and mercy, they're intertwined. Goodness is a charity. It's to give of oneself. This is hard for us. I I Recently, I think it was just yesterday, uh, my wife had told me, get some uh, potatoes to finish up what we were going to do for dinner. So I happened to be in another town and went to a store and I had a moment where I could have been good or not so good. And if you've been in any of our stores lately, there are lots of moments to show the fruit of goodness. And so to myself, I realized it was an elderly man that dropped a can and if you ever notice all the the driveways and and sidewalks and parking, all of it slope away from the building. That's for rain purposes. But when a, a can begins to roll, it just picks up speed. And so I was just far enough away, I start making a dart like I was, uh, apparently the guy thought I was stealing his can of chili or whatever it was. So he's hustling and grabbing the thing up, and I'm like, I I just wanted to help. I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, no, 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 you're okay, you're okay. And there's times where we have the opportunity to show goodness. (laughs) When there's one roll of toilet paper left. (laughs) Not tonight. Not tonight, devil. (laughs) like goodness has a limit, you know. Listen. (laughs) Faith. Faith to me is very intriguing. Faith, when I look at the Strong's Concordance and how it's interpreted, it's interpreted with trust, confidence, and strong loyalty. Give me just a moment to talk about faith. Everything I've taught our young people for the past month or two comes down to the fact that when you are working on trust one thing is required vulnerability and if you're not willing to be vulnerable there's no trust this is why we have an altar that scares people to death because it's a place where you know it's going to be some vulnerable lives up here that's why we take care of them when we come and we pray with people and we ask and we lay hands on you or what can i pray with you it's a place where trust is being built This is where faith is being built. It's such a, it's a beautiful, it's a sacred place. It's probably the greatest place in the whole building. This is where fruit is planted and hopefully grown. It's confidence knowing in tomorrow. I am much like my father. My brother's very different. My brother will make sure he's got a freezer full of food. He'll make sure things are good. He's, whatever he needs to do, He's fine. And I'm one of them trust God people. I've got enough to get through the week. And bless God, we're going to find some place to go shopping. Faith requires some confidence. In, in church, in life, in our futures, faith is going to require confidence. There's And, and Brother Gentry preached on it Sunday night where he said, you know, I, I had to go out in faith and give. God requires it just of you first. He knows he's got a bigger shovel. He knows he can do much more than you, but he requires vulnerability so that trust is built and faith is grown. It requires confidence and strong loyalty. To move on, meekness. To live life humble and submissive. Can the people at home say amen? <laughs> meekness is to live life humble and submissive. It's important as I grow myself in Christ that I show submissiveness. I'm submitted to my pastor. I'm submitted to the word of God. I'm submitted to my family. There are things in life that I know God is growing fruit on me. I have to be submissive. I have to be submissive to the point uh, to where when I hear the word no, I'm still okay with it. Because submission doesn't start till no happens. Meekness never starts until no happens. It's that humbleness and submissiveness. And the ninth one it talks about is temperance, if I counted right, which means self-control and slow to anger. Temperance is huge because we're not very temperate people. I had the opportunity to drive on our interstates just this past weekend, and I think I was on the Indy 500, racing up to get out of town for my brother's birthday, and we were heading north, and everybody, you were either doing 50 or 90, and the self-control was gone. Anger was everywhere. I had one lady, I was just trying to stay with the flow of traffic, and I read her lips out the mirror, get off my tail. I thought, okay, (laughs) there is self-control that you've got to have in life. I smiled, I promise. I didn't do anything rude, you know, honk at the horn, trying to run them off the road. It made me smile because I thought, we're not going anywhere, anywhere faster. It's nothing good's happening. I have to be in control. That control only comes when I give it to him first. That's how control happens. When dealing with people, we have to be careful in all that we say and we do. When you lose your cool, you lose more than your cool. It matters that you keep self control it matters that you let the lord continue to work on you. Matthew 7 and 16 talks about fruit. It says that ye shall be no or ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree can't bring forth evil fruit, nor can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth fruit good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire wherefore by your fruits ye shall know them not every one that saith unto me lord lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven many will say to me in that same day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name and have we not cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works and then i will possess or i will profess unto them i never knew you depart from me ye that work Iniquity, You will be known by your fruits. Your fruit cannot somehow cross-pollinate, and if you're really rotten, you're producing good fruit. You can't tape or glue good fruit to you and it stick. (laughs) Same is true with the evil stuff. I hope that some of us are so good that it's very awkward when we try to be angry or get out of control because we've contained ourselves and made ourselves fruitful. Ever since the beginning of offerings to God, he has talked of first fruits. Fruits are all over the Bible. There's so much that, that repeats itself. It's, it's what the priest wore on their garments. It was, was fruit and bells, and that the fruit had like a 1,000 seeds per pomegranate. It was so densely packed with seeds that fruit was everywhere. And the Bible talks about first fruit often because we understand that to be an offering to God. Do you know why first fruits were so important? I found this absolutely uh, fascinating. As as the Lord began to deal with me, for the first time in my life, I started reading books on fruit. It's not something I practice. (laughs) I'm not some botanist. I don't know uh, how to grow herbs with an H or without. But they say that the, the fruits that sprout up all the way up into the 1800s, It was the first fruits that sprouted up in spring that were the most valuable. Typically, the first fruit to pop up was rhubarb. Because rhubarb could grow in an extremely dark environment. In fact, they say it would sprout up in the dark, trying its best to find light. If you ever want to grow rhubarb faster, you keep a pot on top of it, even in the daytime. Because it will grow faster trying to find the light. That's the first fruits. When God requires our first fruits, he requires that that is most valuable. They're packed with vitamins and nutrients and and it's good for the world. I mean, it's 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 packed with stuff that we need and it's sweet and it's uh, to some. <laughs> Rhubarb's not sweet to me, bless the Lord, but to some they find it so uh, endearing and 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 so valuable that they will pay whatever because food has been uh, depleted and now we have the first fruits. It's what mattered in life. Now uh, it's a way to ultimately say, I trust you. So, when we would give God our first fruits, it was a way for us to say our trust to God. Because you have to imagine, my food's gone. In today's world, we can quickly imagine, my future looks like it's gone. And we worry about what tomorrow might hold. And God has simply said all through the Old Testament, all through the Bible, that he wants your first fruits. Because the fruits were more than just a tithe. He talked about it separately. It was to say that I trust you with the first thing that would go to help me live my life. In order to grow fruits to God and to give back to God, it requires that we give even those first fruits. It's it's part of being the church, and, and it, it takes things like rhubarb and different things that grow up in the, the early spring for us to realize that God works in a way that we don't really know how to function. Rhubarb grows in darkness. What kind of fruit is that? Yet scripture says that weeping endures for the night and joy comes in the morning. You see, it's a fruit that grows in the darkness looking for the light. It shows us what we are when we are followers of Christ, when we give him our first fruits, when we trust him enough, when we get back to that faith and we give back to God and we try to grow some first fruits. It shows us that we've got to live a life that says even in the midnight hour I'm looking for the light. Even in the darkness of all the world that it has to offer, I'm peeking up, I'm growing myself looking for the light. That's what God expects from us. And so the next question in my mind would be, how do you grow the fruits of your life? And to answer that, you have to ask, how do you even grow fruit? Right? (laughs) The first thing you do is you plant fruit. You dig a hole. They say when planting fruit uh, uh, bushes or trees in the garden or on land, it's imperative that you remove perennial weeds. They're the weeds that have roots so deep that they'll come back year after year. They say if you don't remove these, re- these weeds, that when you plant your fruit and you pack dirt and you do all that you're supposed to do around it, that weed will never go away. And now if you touch it, you've messed up your fruit plant. It's imperative that you remove the right things first. We know what weeds are. My Bible even tells me why they're there. It says after the Garden of Eden that thorns and thistles are now being brought forth. You're going to have to work the ground, and and sweat until you return to it. The truth is, sin is a weed that will attach itself to the fruit tree. And that sin will ultimately take nutrients from the fruit. Sins like rebellion, pride, lust, these are all sins that will drain the very harvest that you for your life has been promised If you don't dig things out of your life when you try to plant fruit with God, and you let a perennial weed, the difference between perennial and annual is perennial means it's coming back every single year. It's deep enough, it's strong enough, it will last through the winters. Annual doesn't matter. So in your life, it's not that those sins don't matter. There are some sins that seem to be easier to not have to worry about. Maybe things you omit and you pray about it, you repent about it. I'm not saying you you push it to the side, but some things don't bug you. But then there are some sins that if you don't dig them out, they're going to attach to your fruit and it will never grow right. That's what it takes. Sin like rebellion. I, I talked about that briefly. Rebellion. I, I've researched recently. Rebellion. The Bible says is as a sin of witchcraft, and we know re- witchcraft. It talks about the future, and and there's there's palm readers, and there's fortune tellers, and there's tarot readers, and all sorts of things that try to tell the future, and and the purpose of people going to them is to relieve anxiety because anxiety is a future-driven Uh, uh, a disability that people deal with, you know, in, in, in their mind and stuff. And sin will attach itself to try to take away your future. It will leave things like rebellion that if you don't get it out of your life, it will keep coming back. The submissiveness, the meekness, the goodness, the gentleness, it can't grow with rebellion. It can't grow with pride and it can't grow with lust. You have to get those things dug up. After you dig, after you till, And I'll try to move quickly here. You have to bury and protect the fruit. When you bury it, the Bible says, because typically new fruit is born in new people. And this one I want to equate to new people that come to our church. It's imperative that when we begin to Give them Bible studies or or things become enlightened in them that I've got to have faith and I've got to have joy and I've got to have love. And and we begin to see things getting planted in their life. When you plant it, they say that you are to take the soil and pack it around the fruit plant. But if you take something and stomp it or compact it, you have killed and buried it. This is our problem as people. We want to drive something home and really we're just burying new people. We don't take the time to love them and show them this is why we have fruit. This is why we feel prosperous in our lives. It's, it's something we have to go forward with. We have to get deep with. So that way people feel like we care and we love. That way when they feel like, because if you've ever seen a new convert or a new person come and maybe they get baptized or they feel touched from God, it is so easy for the attacks to come. And we know that those attacks, it feels like the enemy straight up is attacking and it feels like darkness happens immediately. It feels like uh, they should have never have come to church. And we've heard it said before, you know, some people that really feel attacked from uh, the devil or whatever, I was better off not coming because they don't understand yet. And if we're not there to nurture and to just keep packing a little bit of soil, putting the right nutrients, uh, the compost or the, 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 the the food with it, you know, to make sure that they grow, they will be buried once they're planted. It matters that we take care of the fruit plants. To take care of it, it requires pruning. This one's back to us. They say that you prune in the winter. I love that Brother Gentry was talking about seasons this weekend. If you haven't watched it, you need to go back and watch it. Or if you weren't here to to experience it, it was quite a service and quite a, a move of God. Winter is one of those seasons that it seems like such death, but really it's the opportunity for new life. And in your winter, in the time where it seems like things are faded away and there's nothing but snow covering, that's when nutrients are replenished in the ground. And you're going to have to have in those times a cutting away of old stems. The new stems have to stay. They say in raspberry bushes, you have to be very careful. There's some that you cut to the ground and you'll carefully see the new sprouts. So even when you dig your fresh garden, you have to be uh, careful around these raspberries because uh, if you mess up next year's product, harvest, it can happen a year ahead of time. It matters that we allow God to constantly mold us, to make us. It's not good enough that I lived off yesterday's fruit. I have to make new fruit. That means it doesn't matter how sweet you were yesterday. doesn't matter how good you were yesterday. You start going off on some of today and you have forgotten to prune. All you have is leaves and gross fruit. It matters that you prune yourself. They say that fruit requires a lot of sun. They need the right temperature depending on what the fruit is that Uh, Vines that need trimmed and, and tied to wires so they're not too sweet or that there's no flavor at all They say that autumn raspberries require one thing at the end of every harvest you cut it down to the ground All sorts of fruits everything there is a purpose and a season and a reason for what God is doing in your life to help you grow fruit Just because your neighbors growing an apple does not mean that you're not trying to grow some autumn raspberry. God has made each of every one of us unique and different. I can only be me. We just read that I can't grow oranges when I'm supposed to grow pears. I can't do that. I have to grow what God's given me to grow. I, in fact, when I grew up, I, I, I was very much introverted. I don't like talking. You can't tell that now sometimes. And I, I pause because I can. <laughs> but typically, I just didn't talk. My mom made me always talk to people, befriend people. I've talked about that a hundred times and drives me nuts to think about it. She'd make me sit next to the nerds in like this children's choir and she'd say, talk to them, talk to them. And to where eventually I learned I have to talk to people. You see, it doesn't matter what you started out as. You've got to change some. You have to be willing. It doesn't mean you're going to be me. It doesn't mean you're going to be pastor. It doesn't mean you're going to be somebody else, your neighbor. It means that you have to grow into what God wants you to grow into. And growing hurts. Growing takes time, and you have to work at it. You can get any self-disciplined book in the world. And here's, there is so much uh, joy that comes from growing yourself and growing the fruits of the Spirit because um, they say that if you were to take a diet pill and it works, and you lose 40 pounds in a month off of a pill and you quit taking the pill, what have you learned? But when you work at dieting, And you lose 40 pounds in three months. And you've exercised. And you've made it a lifestyle. Now you can still quit, don't get me wrong. But things have changed in your mind, in your chemical makeup, that I need to do this to feel better. I've got to do it to feel different. The same is true with this fruit of the Spirit. It's something we have to work at. It's something we have to continually maintain. It's not just an easy button. I was nice this one time, so that's good enough. I've got to make it a part of me. Here's some awesome facts about fruit that I just love and that matter so much scripturally. It says your fruit require actions from a gardener and uh, th- of your soul to keep it producing sweet, antioxidant-filled, delicious fruit. They say that um, heat, pressure, will make things ripen faster. The Bible says that taste and see for the Lord, He is good. You see. So many times, and and people might disagree with me on some things where they say, well, we're supposed to let God be the one that's tasty. We're supposed to taste him, not taste saints and not taste the church. But the Bible also says that we have received the spirit of adoption. I've got to show how tasty he is through how tasty I am in a spirit-filled way. I've got to make sure that I'm pleasing when I talk to people. When I interact with them, when I work on them, I'm gonna only give myself five more minutes. Is that all right here? Those are a good deal. They say that stress, when it's given to a fruit, there are things called cucurbitisins that happen when stress is entered into a fruit plant. And they say that stress will cause bitterness. I'll say that again stress on fruit plants is what causes them to turn bitter. In our lives, to keep our fruit sweet and what a taste bud in our life that's called umami or delicious, what keeps our attitudes delicious is when we don't allow stress and the things of life and the toils of life to enter in and get us bitter. The thing I love about the Bible is even in the anointing oil, even when Jesus was a baby, they kept bringing him myrrh. They kept mixing it with things. And the truth is myrrh is bitter. God wants your bitterness. He wants to transform it. And if you don't not let him have it, because the or in fruits they say it rests in the branches. It rests in the roots and it rests in the leaves. And all it takes is stress for that to pour into the fruit. You're not immune from things in your life. But if the wrong thing comes and rattles your cage, you're going to have bitterness. And If you don't keep that stuff out of your life, it's a mess. They also say that apricot trees, really interesting fact, and I'll, I'll move on to what I was going to get to the whole time. <laughs> apricot trees require walls. When you plant them, they plant and do better next to walls. Because the roots need to know where to go and where not to go. In our lives, every bit of it can relate back to fruit a thousand times over. And that's why I feel God has called us to be fruit. is for the purpose of sweetening this world. This world can't be full of love and joy. People go looking for it everywhere. That's why the Bible talks about sin being fun for a season and and, and it being something that people go and experience. It truly has to be the church The people of God that show this world how sweet life can be, how sweet living for him, dying for him, selling out to him, how umami that can be, how delicious that can be in your life, because that's what God requires. I'm going to ask the music, and I want to just say this uh, to all of us real quick. We are all of this. Now, what do we do with it? You have fruit, and hopefully you're growing your fruit. But what do you do once you're growing fruit? And the truth is that you're going to have to let people take fruit off of you. That's only going to happen when you're not afraid to interact with people. Back to losing weight, there's some things you're going to have to work at. Whether you're at home or here, it doesn't matter. If you feel isolated, quarantined, it does not matter. I have a neighbor named Bob. He's 85. He's got a, a wonderful wife. I think she's uh, maybe low 80s. And and I talk to Bob often. He's a, a wonderful neighbor. He brings me fruit all summer long, which is kind of funny to me. I didn't even put it together till right now. I'll show up at home. I'll open the garage door, and there's a pile of freshly picked vegetables and corn and fruits and anything you can imagine, peppers and and Bob just takes care of me. And so I realized with Bob that I have been sweet to him. And he would come along, and there are times where he would say, Brandon, and he came racing over one day. goes, Brandon, Brandon, I've got a light that's smoking. Do you have time? And I believe I was running to come to church. And I looked at my wife, and, and my jaws dropped. I don't have time. But I said, give me 10 minutes. Just give me 10 minutes. i got to go check on Bob. i got to make sure that I go take care of Bob. So in that 10 minutes, I ran her to his house and there's his wife all hooked up to oxygen. She's got several uh, complications just with breathing and 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 obviously with being elderly that there, uh, certain parts of the body are beginning to break down. And and again, she's just so nice to me. And Bob's always here, 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 take this, take this. I said, Bob, your money's no good to me. You can only pay me in vegetables. I've got to be sweet to this world. For some of us, we don't understand what others are going through. We don't understand uh, why it matters so much that you talk to the cashier at the register, why it matters so much that as you pump your gas and you go pay for it, maybe the guy at the register is a little off or a little weird. It, it might not click to you, but it's up to you at that point to share some fruit with him. You've got to be able to show love, joy, meekness, temperance, Patience, goodness, gentleness, we have to be that. As people, it's required that we be that. I can't not be who I'm supposed to be. And if I'm going to see people come into this church that didn't know it, I'm going to have to start telling somebody about it. There's all sorts of things. I read all sorts of books on communication. As much as it might drive some people nuts, we need to just start with some small talk with somebody might just need to pry a little bit into their life and say how's your family where do you work what do you like to do for fun what are your dreams I gotta pry and just just dig a little bit just listen to them that's all some people want is they want someone to just listen to for just a moment and then you can share well what's your life all about I'll tell you it's about Jesus and there's our opportunity if you'd stand with me I know the singers are gonna sing I wonder even if you're at home, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment as they sing and just begin to pray that God would work something new in us, that God would give us more fruit that we might share it, and that we would be wise enough to give our fruit away, that we would be wise enough to give our fruit to God. Lord, we thank you tonight. God, help me in all ways, God, to give of myself. Lord, help me, Jesus. Let me be gentle.